Welcome to Asphalt Talk. Are you an asphalt professional? Have you ever wished for interesting stories about paving to tell around the dinner table? Does the thought of creating a safe and aesthetically pleasing road make you warm and fuzzy inside? Then this is the podcast for you. Each episode will tackle real industry challenges to pave a smoother way for asphalt suppliers and producers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Asphalt Talk. I'm your host, Dale Williams, with the Missouri Asphalt Pavement Association. Today, we're sitting down with Amy Miller, the National Director of the Asphalt Pavement Alliance, to learn a little bit about the APA and how they are a resource for the asphalt industry. Amy, it's great to talk with you today, and I look forward to our discussion about the APA. But before we do that, let's spend a little time learning about yourself. So how long have you been with the APA? Well, first, let me just say, um, Dale, it's great to be here, and thank you very much for the invitation. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk about the APA. and um, of course, always appreciate the opportunity to talk with you about things asphalt related. Um, so I've been with the Asphalt Pavement Alliance for a little more than seven and a half years, unbelievably. It's really flown by. Yeah, it's pretty incredible how fast time goes. I've been doing this job almost 13 years now. It seems like I, I started yesterday. And, well, time flies when you're having fun, right, Dale? Absolutely. <laughs> So just, did you always want to work in the road construction industry? And specifically, how did you get into the asphalt industry? Well, the short answer is I did not. Like, I didn't even know what the road construction industry was about. As I think about growing up and then in college, um, I can promise you it never crossed my mind <laughs> to go work in the road construction industry. Um, so I had no family in the road construction industry, no friends. My uh, journey getting into the road industry starts, I guess, really back in college. So my undergraduate degree was in environmental engineering. And in college, I took a lot of, um, of course, the traditional engineering classes that we all take, but I took a lot of water and wastewater classes, air pollution, solid waste, hazardous waste, um, wetlands, um, lots of interesting stuff like that. And then when I graduated, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So I took the first job that was offered to me and that was an engineering firm that worked on hydrologic modeling. So I did that for a little while and then moved into a more traditional civil role, which really helped inform which PE exam I would take, which was the, the civil exam. And then um, after getting that, I decided I would move into more of a technical sales role. And that would eventually lead me into construction materials. So after spending, um, I don't know, I'm... 15 years, 10, 15 years in construction materials, um, that led me ultimately to the role here at the Asphalt Payment Alliance. It's crazy how we people end up in the asphalt industry. Most folks don't start out on that track. They sure don't. Or if they do, it's only because they typically have a family member in the industry. At least that's what, what we've seen. Yeah. My, my goal in life was to be a structural engineer, and I went to work for the DOT and took a job in the construction materials division to get back closer to home. And here 27 years later, I'm still doing <laughs> asphalt. So <laughs> just never know where, where you might end up. It's so true. It's so true. And, but it was, you know, I don't regret it at all. And I'm sure you don't either, Dale. It's, you know, it's been a, a great place to land. It is. The people are amazing to work with. And, and speaking of people, who, who has been your most who has been your most important professional mentor? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I really wish I had one. Um, I'm jealous of those people that talk about these 
great mentors I'd had over the course of their career. Um, I would love to have had one. So I can't say I've had a specific mentor, but I will say I have been really blessed with encouragers along the way. And those have been both folks that are friends, family, but then coworkers as well. And um, I'll say I've certainly benefited from observation of people around me. You know, it's, you learn about um, situations, how to handle things. You learn the good and the bad by watching other people, whether they were a boss, a coworker. And, um, you know, it's a reminder that people are always watching us, right? And it's always important that we think about that as as we do our jobs and um, we have opportunities to influence people in ways that we probably wouldn't have originally thought as as folks watch and see how you handle things. So what do you like to do when you're not working? <laughs> I feel like I work all the time. Um, outside of my day job here at the APA, I do a lot of volunteer work, um, which feels like another job, but so I don't have a whole lot of extra time. But when I do, I really enjoy being outside especially on the water. Um, because I spend so much of my day inside, I have to tell you, I really, the outside becomes even more relish. We love to boat. My family does. I have three children. My husband and I do. And we do all the boating activities. We love to ski, wakeboard, all that stuff. Um, and living in Florida, we have lots of water around us. So honestly, anytime I can be anywhere where there's water inside, that's certainly a plus. Okay. So what is one thing that most people in the asphalt industry don't know about you? So I think this is sort of an interesting fact. Some members of my family have done our research on our genealogy. And um, at least on my mom's side of the family, our family goes back either seven or eight generations as Floridians. So my family has been in Florida a long time and um, not always in North Florida. Um, they were in central Florida and um, sort of west of where I am now, I live in Northeast Florida, that they've been in Florida a long time. So um, as you might imagine, Dale, in this day and age, especially, um, you know, it's unique to find people that were born here, but certainly people that have been here for multi-generations. Hey, you know, that that's interesting, Amy. I, when I think about, you know, the older part of the country, I think of the Northeast and my wife and I took the opportunity to drive down to Key West we were at Napa earlier this year, and uh, to see the older homes down there makes you realize Florida a, has a, a much deeper history than maybe the Midwest does, like we do here. So, since the mid 1800s, yes, for sure. So, eight, eight generations that's uh, that's very impressive. It's a long time, <laughs> yeah. So, let's switch gears and talk about the APA. First, I thought it might be beneficial to help the audience understand how the APA was formed, how long it's been in existence. Could you give us a little bit of a history lesson? I will do my best. Um, I wasn't here when the APA started, so and there, there's no APA history book, but I do run into people along the way, and I have since I've had this job, that talk about when the APA first started and how they were involved. So initially, it was a voluntary organization, um, and it was formed, I guess, around year 2000 or so, um, comprised of our current partners and our partners at the APA consist of all the state asphalt pavement associations like MAPA, the National Asphalt Pavement Association and the Asphalt Institute. So, um, you know, the idea really is it creates a place for the 
three preeminent asphalt organizations to come together and work on things that are outward facing and outward facing meaning um, working together to put our resources together, whether, whether they're financial resources or human resources to influence people making decisions about payments. So again, you know, I've run into folks from the early days and they talk about things that they worked on. Um, they describe issues and things that the industry worked on together. Um, some of which are still the same, I will say. Um, there are some things that we have always dealt with and we will continue to deal with, to deal with the competition being one of those. What What is the mission of the APA? Well, we like to consider ourselves a trusted resource to people that are making decisions about payment selection. We call them payment type selection makers. We work to establish asphalt as a payment of choice by really um, thinking through and, and showing the advantage of asphalt payment in the areas of safety, of value, performance, and the environment. And if you look at our work, you will see that it's always verified. So we just don't throw anecdotal information out there. You won't see us throw out quote unquote facts that aren't verified or have some sort of listing that references where that information came from. It's really important to us because we want um, we want folks to look at us and say, whatever the industry puts out, whatever the APA puts out, we can trust that it has a verified source. Um, and ultimately, you know, we're working together with our partners to make sure that asphalt remains a pavement of choice by providing a lot of resources that persuade pavement type selection makers to choose asphalt based on facts um, that, that are related to the attributes of owning asphalt. And now a public service announcement from our sponsor, May Create Design. Google Translate doesn't work for web designer to paving company translations. You say hot mix and it thinks you're talking about the latest snack craze. Wouldn't it be nice to work with a designer who knows the difference between binders and bitumen? Work with folks who have been speaking your language for the past 17 years. Visit maycreate.com. That's M-A-Y-E create.com. Because if you think your website sucks, so does everyone else. I know... Here in Missouri, we utilize several of the resources that are provided by the APA. Can you tell us about some of the resources available? Yep, absolutely. Um, well, let's see. First, I'll just say, because you all use the resources at MAPA, it makes helps make the APA successful. So we have great partners with the State Asphalt Pavement Associations, with NAPA, with the Asphalt Institute. And really that coordination and um, you all working with us helps make what we do um, even more successful. Um, so every year we develop a work plan for the APA and it really hones in on relevant topics that are based on input from our partners. We focus on reaching payment type selection makers really in a variety of ways. We know that there's nothing that replaces being in front of people, right, and developing relationships. So we are present at um, quite a few national trade shows. So we're representing the industry there. And these are trade shows with our key audiences. We also, along with having a booth, we work really hard on at those trade shows, developing an opportunity to have a subject matter expert speak on behalf of the industry. So it's, again, an opportunity to be face-to-face -face in front of them. Um, this year, we're working on a new way to get in front of live audiences, and, and we're going to looking at doing some, um, some virtual stuff 
in offices of engineering firms. So we're really excited about that. Um, remotely, we provide a lot of free webinar topics that benefit our road owners and designers. So um, again, our SAP is a really great in sharing that. In fact, we have one coming up today. And um, on last count, we had nearly 900 people signed up for that. And, you know, these aren't just random people. When we look at the list, we have DOTs, engineering firms, municipalities. And um, so we're able to provide a lot of information to people that are out there working on roads, not working on roads, but owning roads and designing roads that leads them back to the APA and leads them back to making sure asphalt is the pavement of choice. Um, digi digitally, that word's hard to say, um, we share a lot of um, information on our website and through social media. In fact, we have an events page on our website where pavement type selection makers can see a lot of educational opportunities that are presented not only by us, by our partners. So I know, Dale, when you've done things, you've put them on there along with our other state asphalt pavement associations. So it really benefits um, our folks making decisions about asphalt. They can go on and if there's a particular topic they want to learn about, maybe it's not being offered in their state, but perhaps there's a free webinar in adjacent state or maybe there's a national webinar going on. Um, so we work hard to push that out so folks know that's available. And then we develop a lot of case studies that our audience can learn by, and we populate those on our social media and on our website. And then lastly, I'd be remiss if I did not mention this, and that is our, um, really our Bellwether program, and that's the Perpetual Payment Award Program. Every year, we award three different awards to road owners based on the perpetual payment project type um, by design, conversion, or performance. So that's, that's, um. That's a lot, but that's about as concise as I can make it, Dale. <laughs> yeah, there, there is a lot going on there. And I know, you know, for MAPA, we probably utilize Pave Express, Pave Instruct, and webinars the most. Um, you know, one one area I've we've really had trouble getting much traction in, even though we've won three awards in Missouri, is the Perpetual Pavement Award you just spoke about. Can you tell the audience uh, about the program and how they might submit an application? Yeah, Absolutely. This is a great opportunity for road owners, particularly DOTs. And I'll talk about exactly what the award program is, but overall, this, this is a great way for a DOT to receive a well-deserved award and be able to show their constituents the great things they're doing in their state in terms of design and developing outstanding payments. So perpetual payment awards recognize really legacy asphalt payments. And we have three categories. I'll start with our performance category, which is our original category. These are roads that are at least 35 years old. They've never suffered a structural failure, and they have an average interval between resurfacing of, resurfacing of no less than 13 years. Um, we, we really enjoy getting to honor DOTs with the beautiful engraved crystal obelisk um, to help celebrate the legacy road or roads that they win um, awards on. And what's interesting is um, we keep an average of how old the roads are in this category. And right now we're right around 50 years of time of recognition, meaning if you look at all the roads that have submitted for this award, the average age is 50 years old when they submit, which is really outstanding. Our second category is called perpetual pavement by design. So these are roads that are initially designed to serve perpetually, meaning that they have these great base layers that stay intact 
And only that top layer is resurfaced and it's really done on as needed basis. Um, and this award is um, and the next award are a couple of years old now. And the benefit of these this award is that um, we don't have to wait 35 years to honor that road. We can honor that road that it was um, designed to be perpetual, to be a long lasting payment from the beginning. And we're able to recognize not only the road owner, we also recognize the engineer and the contractor because we really think it takes um, a good, strong team to successfully deliver these type of roads. And then our last category is perpetual payment by conversion. And simply put, these are roads that use asphalt and are converted to be perpetual in nature. So we have an, a, a program where we began to accept awards in August. The National Center for Asphalt Technology at Auburn University reviews these projects and approves them for awarding. Um, they have to provide documentation that they are perpetual. If, excuse me, if our road, road owners are having difficulty doing that, we actually can help them run that through per road, which is a software that's used to design perpetual payments. So we use that to check the validity of the roads. So I explain it all, Dale. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I think about three awards that we won here in Missouri. I know one of those pavements, I think, was built in 1972. And there's one I know that was in the 60s. And as far as I know, those are still performing today. And that's a, that's a pretty amazing feat when you think, you know, roads that are, you know, pushing 60 plus years in age and still performing well. And I, and I would, uh, I'd point to our competition to show us one of their roads that's still, uh, just just had a surface treatment and, and still in still in service. Absolutely performs that well. I know, Dell, every time I, I hear a road that was built in a year that's older than me, <laughs> there's some significance <laughs> to that. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, I, I do do, Amy, but I think what are you 29 now? <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a lot of roads, right? That, that are older than me. <laughs> in my mind, I'm 29, Dale. I'm staying there. I I me too. Me too. <laughs> So what do you think is the most important part of your job as the APA director? That's a good question and not one I've been asked before. Um, really, I think the most important part is working with our partners to really make sure that collectively we're making an impact. Um, we spend a lot of time working on our plan for what we're going to do the following year based on input, not only from our audience, which are payment type selection makers, but also from our partners and many folks like you, Dale, and our contractors and our Asphalt Institute partners. So at the end of the day, it's really important that we've developed a plan and that we're, um, we're creating um, um, actionable items and that um, we're successful in making an impact to keep asphalt the pavement of choice and um, to protect market share. So... What do you think is the most challenging part of your job? <laughs> well, it kind of goes back to that previous question. Um, and that's really substantiating the impact I mentioned. So for our industry, we've looked at this before. There's no really solid way to know 100% what the impact is of everything that we do. Right? We know we, we can look at our DOTs and we know how much asphalt they're using, but there's a whole private market out there um, that's, you know, we we don't necessarily know on a month-to-month -month basis, let's just say, or even year-to-year -year basis, you know, what sort of impact we're, we're making. 
So what we do is we have to use basic metrics. Um, we look at things about um, that re are related to um, the amount of people that we are able to touch. Um, who are those people? Are they um, engineering firms? Are they municipalities? Um, how many DOTs are engaged in what we do? What sort of feedback are we getting? We we look at those numbers to try to gauge really, you know, how what's resonating with our core audience. And um, we can see what subjects get the, most, get the most attention. And that really helps us with our future planning as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the same, you know, most for most, at least asphalt trade associations coming up with something that's tangible to show a potential member. But I think sometimes we can impact something that, you know, has, you know, a lasting legacy through time. And then if you take the reverse, right, you say to yourself, okay, so what if we disappeared and we did nothing, right? Um, we know that that's would be very dangerous for us from a competitive standpoint, right? We know that is certainly not the answer. Um, but we we can see areas where we gain traction. We can see areas where we have a lot of engagement. Um, and we can see when we offer different subject matters, when we see we have a lot of DOTs that are attracted to a certain subject, we know we've hit on something. And then we hone in on that a little bit more. Absolutely. I think uh, the quote is, if you're not at the table, you might be on the menu. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> I think it I think it absolutely is. Yes. What's been the most rewarding experience for you during your time with the APA? Well, Dale, you mentioned this a little earlier on in your early conversation, and that's the people, getting the opportunity to know the people in this industry. Um, the people in the in, in the industry really represent the best, in my opinion, of what people are. And um, so getting the benefit of meeting people across the U.S. in different jobs and different roles um, has really just been a delight for me. I, I think that's a, that's one of the great attributes of the state. I, asphalt contractors, whether I'm talking to the ones here in Missouri or the ones I meet across the country, they all they all have, seem to have the same values. And some of them I might only see once or once or twice a year, but we can strike up a conversation you know, pretty easily about what's going on. Totally agree. Yep. <laughs> so on a previous con, or sorry, on a previous podcast, I interviewed Debbie Novak, who heads up the Missouri chapter of the Women of Asphalt, and she also serves on the board of the national chapter. Mm -hmm. I know you were influential in starting the Women of Asphalt and served as the past president. Would you like to share a few thoughts about the organization and where it's headed? I would love to. <laughs> So the Women of Asphalt was created in 2017 and really with the idea of supporting women in the industry and using it as an outreach to get more. Um, with more employees needed and a lack of exposure to this industry, we believe it's important to offer um, you know, an exposure to the, the, the industry along with all the great jobs that this industry offers and the benefits and then, of course, those people that we talked about that go along with it. Um, Debbie, um, friend, wonderful um, lady, is a board member, and she actually leads our mentorship program, which is one of our major initiatives at Women of Asphalt. And Dale, I could have used this program years ago based on your, your prior question. Um, she, along with other fantastic ladies in the industry, are growing 
our outreach um, as we develop programs like this, like the mentorship program. We have it a webinar series we call Lead and Inspire. Um, we work hard to get to the state level where ladies have a really the best opportunity to get to network, to learn from each other, to support each other. Um, in fact, the we have the National um, Women of Asphalt Organization, and then we have 19 branches um, that represent 25 states and over 3,000 members. And I'll say that, you know, those 19 branches are supported by state asphalt pavement associations. So the, the state asphalt pavement associations, and particularly your organization, has been really critical in allowing women of asphalt to grow and to develop this network um, around the U.S. So, of course, if you talk about um, plans in the future, we want to keep growing this, particularly these branches, so that all women in every state um, not only have the national organization to lean on, but then they have a state organization where they can meet other ladies and collaborate and learn and, and grow. So what is one piece of advice you'd give to a woman starting out in the construction industry? Well, first, join Women of Asphalt, <laughs> of course. Um, in addition to that, um, I would say, Dale, regardless of the position she starts out at, to pursue knowledge, right, by learning as much as you can in your role, um, to remember, and this is probably just good advice for anyone, but um, to always do what, right, what is right, right, even when others aren't, um, to search out leaders in your organization that you admire, um, watch how they work, um, and then find a way to give back. There's lots of ways to give back. Um, you heard uh, our mentorship program at at the Women of Asphalt is a great way you can share knowledge with others. There's many associations, state associations like yours, like MAPA or NAPA, and there's opportunities there um, to join committees and to make a difference. Um, and I think we could certainly use more of that. And it's an opportunity to grow as a person as well. And then lastly, um, always leave things better than you found them. I think that's great advice, Amy. I mean, I, our industry is, I think the, the opportunities are, are unbelievable. I mean, I know we have members that, that started out as running the loot on a paving crew and they're presidents of the company. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's no, no limit to where you can go in a company if, if you want to put in the effort. So as we kind of wrap things up, do you have any parting thoughts? Well, Dale, I just want to say thank you to you. Um, you're certainly an, a valued member of, of the industry. You've done a lot for the APA. You serve on our advisory council. You've been a wonderful help with Women of Asphalt there in Missouri. We appreciate your support. We appreciate the support of your board as well. And um, I, I just say thanks for the opportunity to get to, to talk with you today. Well, Amy, it's, it's been great talking with you and we appreciate everything the APA does. With that, I'd like to say thank you for listening to Asphalt Talk, the podcast by and for asphalt professionals. If you enjoyed listening and learned something, please leave us a review. Your review will help us connect with other professionals like yourself so we can keep this conversation going. 1992 called, they want their website back. Stop apologizing for your crappy site and stop working with that company who thinks hot mix is the latest snack craze. Work with folks who have been speaking your language for the past 17 years. And get a website that's not a gigantic pain in the you-know-what-to-build. Visit maycreate.com, that's M-A-Y-E, create.com, for a free consultation and quote. 
because if you think your website sucks, so does everyone else.